0: One of the biggest problems facing senior business leaders, CEOs, individuals, founders, everybody, is how to build and sustain excellence. One of the most difficult things to do is be able to recruit talent and keep talent. The model that is gonna help you as a leader or you as an individual be able to sustain excellence. Hello, hello, and welcome to or welcome back to the Raise Your Game Show. I'm your host, Alan Stein Jr., and thanks for tuning in to Season 12. This season will be focused on sustaining both individual and organizational excellence. More specifically, what it takes for you to manage stress, avoid stagnation, and beat burnout. Which, not coincidentally, is the theme of my new book, Sustain Your Game, which is currently available at your favorite book retailer, or you can visit sustainyourgamebook.com for a sneak peek, sample content, and a series of bulk order bonuses and bundles. Once again, that's sustainyourgamebook.com. In addition to it being available as a hardcover and as an ebook for your Kindle, it is also available as an audiobook which notably offers you an incredibly unique listening experience as we've enriched my narration with music and have included over 20 minutes of exclusive content that is not found in the physical book. A virtual Q&A with me and Reese Davis of ESPN, which can only be accessed through the audiobook. You can download it now from Audible or wherever you purchase your audiobooks and immediately start to sustain your game. If you decide to go the audiobook route, I feel compelled to warn you. My smooth and sexy voice is intoxicating. So please be very careful if listening while driving. I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Don't forget this age-old truth. If nothing changes, well, nothing changes. Change is a requirement of growth and development. Unfortunately, change is hard. It causes discomfort. We are all creatures of habit, and anytime we alter our routine, it makes us uncomfortable. This is unavoidable. So we need to change how we view discomfort. We need to embrace it. Becoming comfortable with the uncomfortable is among the most important skills you can develop. It is a difference maker. Data suggests that a staggering 70% of the workday is unproductive. Don't believe me? If someone stopped you at any point during the day and asked you what you were doing in that moment, it is far more likely, statistically, that you were wasting time rather than making the most of it. Sure, some of it is meetings we don't want to be in or conversations we got dragged into, but so much more of it is within our control. We too often relinquish control of how we spend our time and energy, blaming our situation on our superiors, colleagues, underlings, and clients. Everyone but ourselves entrepreneur and CEO coach Jerry Kalana asks perhaps the most important question when it comes to stagnation. How are you complicit in creating the conditions of your life that you say you don't want? I'm going to say that again because it's that profound. How are you complicit in creating the conditions of your life that you say you don't want? It really is the ultimate question. What can you control or change in your life that you are choosing not to? This is the first step to taking control. Everyone is given certain conditions and limitations, but focusing on those parameters does you very little good. We tend to overemphasize those because it allows us to pretend that our situations are not our faults. But the only way to boost yourself through a period of stagnation is to focus on your role in the matter. Recognize how and why you are stuck. Take agency in where you are. Control the controllables. Let's start with our habits and routines. If we don't like where we are in life, the best place to start is with those things we do all of the time, sometimes without even thinking about it. Studies have found that nearly half of our day is routine. Yeah, half of our day is habitual, a pretty whopping figure when you think about it. We don't so much do our routines as our routines do us. When it comes down to it, we are our habits. It takes anywhere from 21 to 66 days to instill a new habit, depending on its difficulty. But there is no habit you have that can't be wiped out if you truly want to. And there's no new habit that you couldn't instill if you put in the time and discipline. I recently saw a post on social media about a guy who gets up at 4.30 a.m. every day to run before work. He shared the fact that his colleague was impressed, saying to him, Wow, I wish I had that motivation. His response? Motivation? This has nothing to do with motivation. It has everything to do with discipline. I'm not motivated to get out of bed before dawn any more than the next person, but I've strengthened this muscle we call discipline. You see, he trusts the systems in place. There's plenty of times you need that autopilot to take over. We can't be motivated every second and rarely at 4.30 a.m. That's why routines are important. No one is always in the mood. Now, my friend and colleague, James Clear, entrepreneur and author of the remarkable book, Atomic Habits, told me that you're either driving your habits or you're being driven by them. There is no third option. James said people are building habits all of the time, whether they're thinking about it or not. James Clear runs a place called the Habits Academy. Its tagline, professionals are the architects of their habits. Amateurs are the victims of their habits. That's good. This is why James Clear preaches the power of systems, which is a framework to build, improve, and execute your habits. Think of it as the scaffolding around the building. It's connected, unified, and purposeful. Systems are also constantly updating, which makes them more useful than goals. James Clear points out another issue with goals. They're finite. You achieve them, and then what? You need something in place that is always growing. This is where systems come in. They look more like a lifestyle expanding as you evolve into the person you want to be. James Clare teaches that the best way to get a habit to stick is by creating an identity that helps shape the desired behavior. It's one thing to say, I'm the type of person who wants this. It's something very different to say, I'm the type of person who is this. You might start a habit because of motivation. But the only reason you'll stick with one is that it becomes part of your identity. It's the difference between telling yourself you're going to start exercising or you're going to become someone who exercises. Are you going to stop smoking or are you going to become a non-smoker? I remember one time I was playing basketball in middle school. and I kept complaining about how slippery the court was, using it as an excuse for my poor play. Thankfully, my coach put me in check. Yes, Alan, I'm aware the floor is not ideal, he said, but the other nine players are dealing with it too. They're making adjustments and you're making excuses. Just so you know, it's a lot less slippery on the end of the bench. Whew, lesson learned. Today, I loathe complaining and work hard to avoid people who do it consistently. That doesn't mean I never do it. I'm human and fallible, but I'm aware and focus on expunging complaining as much as I can for my life. The reason is that complaining is just another way of saying, my problems aren't my fault. It takes accountability off of yourself, which in reality is unacceptable. And whether something is or isn't your fault is irrelevant. What does that matter? Any time and energy spent assigning blame eats into what you should be doing, looking for a solution. Most people complain about their job, their boss, their colleagues, their customers, but at the end of the day, we are in charge of ourselves. In her book, 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do, social worker and clinical psychologist Amy Morin discusses the ways that we need to awaken to our power. In work and in our personal lives, we are too often giving away our power, whether that's through blame, complaining, being overrun by our emotions, or by not taking responsibility for our circumstances. One way we can take our power back is by reframing our language and how we think about our situation. Amy Morin, who suffered the devastating back-to-back losses of her mother and her husband in her 20s, had to learn early on not to allow her negative feelings to dictate her life. After taking the necessary time to grieve, she made a choice to re-enter life stronger. But stronger didn't mean blocking out her pain or ignoring her losses. As she puts it, I had to experience the pain while proactively helping myself heal. She teaches that mental strength is not about suppressing our emotions, it's about allowing all of our feelings in so that we can understand what they're telling us. Strength has too often been mistaken for a coldness or a hardness, and Amy Morin aims to upend that entire way of thinking. In an interview I did with her, she told me that instead of seeing mental strength as an issue of toughness, we should begin to see it as a means to take positive action when taking on a challenge, thinking realistically and knowing you can manage your emotions. Mental strength means stepping forward, even into the unknown, with the kind of attitude and perspective that maximizes your success. It may look risky, but I'd argue that staying miserable where you are is an even bigger risk. We only go around this place once. If you are stagnating, bored, or unfocused, it could be that your environment opposes your goals. Organizational psychologist Benjamin Hardy writes, Your environment is not neutral. It can either be a motor or a hurdle. Depending on how intentional you are about it. If you find yourself stagnating, there's four things you can do. One, change your physical environment. Switch up the things around you. You can throw out junk food, keep your phone out of your bedroom at night, etc. Two, change your mental environment. Alter what you feed your mind and change what you choose to read, watch, and listen to. Three, change your emotional environment. Use proven techniques for improving mood and perspective, meditation, exercise, taking a cold shower. Four, change your relational environment. Protect your inner circle and your personal board of directors. Changing these four things will help you reinvent yourself, help you pivot, and will absolutely help you break through stagnation. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for investing your time with me. I hope I helped you sustain your game. If you're open minded and committed to investing in yourself or in your organization, please visit sustainyourgamebook.com. Your support means more to me than you know.